Get the duck boats ready. Get the duck boats ready. We got the cup. Duck and yellow, duck and yellow. You want to talk about a team? This is a team. You guys wanted it. We got it. Let's have some fun. Cue the memories presented by Bud Light. What's up, everyone, and welcome in to another episode of Cue the Memories presented by Bud Light as we continue our celebration of the 10-year anniversary of the 2011 Stanley Cup champion Boston Bruins. I am Eric Russo, and as always, joined alongside by Andrew Ferentz. Hello, Andy. Hey, buddy. How's it going? Not bad, not bad. I know you're excited about today's guest. Uh, I would say based on everything I have heard, he may be the unofficial 2011 Boston Bruins historian. I am talking, of course, about Milan Lucic. Well, historian, or I don't know, I don't think he's unofficial either. I think he's actually the official historian of maybe hockey. <laughs> he's actually an encyclopedia of, of, of things that aren't even relevant to him as long as it pertains to hockey. So uh, the dude's got a, a crazy brain on him uh, of all things, stats and memories and who played where and who shoots left and who shoots right, <laughs> right down to the nitty gritty. So uh, yes, he's got that, but he's also uh, one of my uh, closest friends. He's a glue guy. He, he's the one that will send out the text messages to make sure everybody uh, uh, keeps chatting it up uh, uh, even all these years later. I remember it must have been his rookie year, maybe like 07 or 08. He came to the Everett rink, I think with Mark Stewart. Wasn't even like a clinic, maybe a skate around. And everyone was like, this is cool. This is great. But like, you know, where's Mark Savard? Where's Zidane Ochara? Who, you know, who is this guy? He hadn't, he hadn't really burst onto the scene yet. I think he was still wearing 62 or whatever number he had originally. And I just think like if that was two or three years later, the line to get into the rink to see him would have been down the street. He just had this like meteoric rise to, to stardom in Boston and became such that iconic Boston Bruin, really the definition of a Boston Bruin. And Certainly, I think will go down as one of the most popular players of of his era here, and and maybe in the team's the team's history. He just had a, a special bond, it seemed, with the fan base. Well, and I mean, if if I was gonna make a cartoon book about the Boston Bruins, like he'd be my main character. <laughs> like, <laughs> if he didn't exist, like he's this like just you know massive kid at the time, right when he first kind of broke mm-hmm. in, and he's like breaking panes of glass with hits and right. <laughs> just you know getting in fights and young and scoring big goals and just so happy right like he's just got this kind of uh just super positive uh um persona about him so he is like a yeah a cartoon character from the boston bruins uh, uh fake cartoon book that i just made up in my head but um I, I mean i think of a lot of things you know obviously from a fan's perspective like i said you know you you see what you see on the ice and, and I think you get to know him because, you know, he did show a lot of his personality through interviews and whatnot. Um, when I think of Luch, I mean, I think of all that stuff. Um, but I think of so much more. He's, he's such, he is a close friend. We're both big South park fans. Uh, so <laughs> we get, nice. you know, we get a lot of South park, uh, gifts sent back and forth between the two of us. Um, like I said, yeah, as far as an encyclopedia, if I need to know something about hockey or, or what year even I scored a big goal, he would probably be a better source than my own than my own brain for that kind of information. Uh, he loves some good cheesy, you know, European techno, uh, just like uh, just like I do. So he's uh, we can connect on that. Um, but I think at the end of the day, honestly, the first day I met Luch. Uh, uh, it was in the locker room in Rustusha Arena. He was, I think, in the stall right next to me. So he had just finished rookie camp, and I was just, you know, coming into main camp. And so I'm getting changed in my locker, and I look over, and, like, 
I'm like in the shadow of this <laughs> massive dude. And I'm like, who the hell is this? Like, and, and he was just all happy, go lucky, right? And introduce himself. And, and I couldn't believe he was a rookie. Like when I was a rookie, I came in and my arms were like, you know, like a little, you know, like just the size of nothing, right? Like I was a scrawny little rookie, like the way a rookie's supposed to look. And so I met, uh, you know, Big Luch and, and obviously he was a very imposing figure, but I've never met a person like once you kind of finally made the team and, uh, you know, not even, even when he was still in the number sixties for his Jersey, he was the happiest guy to be in the NHL and, and that positivity and that just, you know, pure joy of, of playing in the NHL, uh, was so infectious, right? Like, and I think that, uh, um, you know, it's it's just great. It just makes you happy to be there. And I think of lots of things, but uh, but those are the ones that come to mind for me. Well, we will talk to Milan Lucic right after this about that magical 2011 run on Cue the Memories, presented by Bud Light. Cue the Memories, brought to you by Bud Light. Score exclusive merch and more at BudLightLegends.com. And we are back on Cue the Memories, presented by Bud Light, with our special guest, Milan Lucic. What's up, Luch? Thanks for joining us. Thanks for having me. How's it going? What's up, buddy? Hey, buddy. Nice background. I'm in my bed. It's the only place that's quiet in my house because the kids are like running around downstairs. You want me to like? You want me to switch my setting? No, it looks beautiful. I actually like it. You know what? I just remembered that I have my uh, Stanley Cup life-size bobblehead downstairs, so I'm gonna go sit beside it. <laughs> I'm so happy. I just love. I <laughs> I love connecting with Luch. Like once in a while, he pops up on Facetime. Or like I'll get a message and and uh, it's always a good one. So I, I'm just happy we get to actually do something like pseudo official and, and get to share <laughs> stories <laughs> and pretend to be like uh, official Bruins podcasters. This is this is pretty cool. We've had a journey since we've uh, since we've been in Boston, but I know that we always harken back to our glory days. So this this will be fun. It's crazy. It's been ten years, eh? You're almost you're you're coming up to his thousandth game right away. Milan Lucic, just the kid that I referred to earlier in the intro to this podcast is this big, happy kid wearing number 60, whatever. 62. 62? So pumped. Yeah. Like, so pumped to be in the NHL. Like, And it was, like, awesome. And now, like, what are you, a couple games away from 1,000? Like, that's incredible, man. Well, hey, fair. you got to say, like, um, I think that's one thing that a lot of people don't really know about me is because they see what I am on the ice and they see how I play and like they see me as like this mean uh like I'm gonna like bite your nose off or you know like this type of guy so they expect me they, they think I'm the same way off the ice but what a lot of people don't know is I'm like I'm like a fun happy-go-lucky guy you know like like I you know I, I think you were saying it er- earlier I was I was just just so happy to just be around uh you guys and I, I i loved it i you know i enjoyed it and and I, and i and i still do i mean obviously there's times throughout my career you know you think back where you're like oh this this sucks but for the most i would say 90 percent of my career i've i've been you know pretty much the same you know come positive attitude um you know happy go lucky always trying to have fun and all that type of stuff and I feel like me and you, we've been so lucky that, you know, we've, we've got to live our dreams. Why not have fun with it? Right. You know, why not create memories and have fun and, and, you know, uh, live it to its, to its fullest, you know? Well, and I think that kind of perspective is exactly what gets you to, to what you've gotten, right? Like as a super long career, it's just, 
enjoying it showing up like it is a grind right like you wake up some mornings you hurt you, you know it's just like you're tired you know the coach is yelling at you or whatever and you kind of going through a tough slump but you know that ability to kind of bring yourself back to you know back to that childhood dream of like holy crap like this is pretty awesome <laughs> you know even if i'm on a losing streak even if i haven't scored in a while like to keep that perspective and and to you know bring that positivity to the rink like that's how you get to a thousand like that you know very very few players ever do that and so I'm just so proud of you and I'm really happy for you. And I know this is, uh, uh, this is about 2011. So we'll get into that, but let's get that out of the way is just how amazing accomplishment that is for you personally. And, and I guess it did start with the Bruins though, right? Like that's kind of where, you know, a lot of those foundational things of like, this is what the NHL is. This is what the NHL demands. You know, you came in and, and learned from, you know, obviously some veteran guys about, you know, what the, what that step is from junior hockey to the NHL, but you know, for you personally, like what was, was there any wake up calls there? Like from, you know, you're a Vancouver giant star, you know, obviously playing a big role in that team and, you know, Memorial cup stuff and all that. But like, do you, what, what are your memories from that first year and kind of coming into that room and, and what we were building? Personally, I kind of wanted to go back to Vancouver because we had just won the Mem cup. So you know how it is, right? Like you want a Mem cup as well. You want to kind of defend it. But, uh, you know, honestly, as a young kid, I being from Vancouver, I knew nothing about the city of Boston. I had no family or friends in Boston. It was so far away from Vancouver. Um, I, I didn't really know anything about the Bruins. I didn't know what it meant to be on an original six team. So not, not just about what it was to be a Bruin, but also what it was to be an athlete in Boston. And, and it was, that was year 07. Uh, we get there. I get there. Uh, Red Sox, you know, win the World Series. Patriots go 16-0. and 0. Uh, the big three is connected in, uh, in with the Celtics and they end up winning the championship. And it was like, okay, you know, like this is the standard here, you know, to be uh, an athlete and, uh, you know, in Boston here. And, you know, it's about time that we catch up to the other, you know, three teams in the city. And uh, I think one of the cool part is this is a lead up to 2011 was I remember, I remember there was like, we played like Tampa on on a Tuesday night and it was like 9,000 people in the crowd. And, you know, people weren't racing to come to Bruins games because we were, we were so bad for so long. And I remember even going to restaurants and telling people, Oh yeah, I play on the Bruins. And, you know, they were kind of like laugh at us because I think the BC and BU guys had more credibility as hockey players in the city of Boston than we did as Bruins. And, and this is my whole point, the lead up to 2011. You know, a good chunk of that 2011 group was there in 07 08. And the change that we made and the identity that we brought back as the big bad Bruins uh, to become champions in 2011 actually started in 2007. And, you know, that's why it was, I think that's why the group of guys that were there in 2011 really, really, uh, uh, you know, appreciated what we accomplished as a team because it wasn't just that one season. It was everything that we built, I, I would say, starting back from my rookie year uh, to, to, to 2011, you know? Yeah, I couldn't agree more. I think that's it's actually probably not talked about enough of like how, you know, 2011 is one thing, but like that build up towards, you know, what it, what it was, you know, it took a long time. And that kind of, you know, if you watched a single game of us play, you know, whether it was the Canadians or, you know, Sabres or whoever it was, like, we always performed best when there was, like, some yeah. <laughs> some chaos and some heat and some, like, you know, we needed that emotion, right? You know, in a singular game. 
But the bigger picture, like to a certain extent, like we created that for ourselves by being a little pissed off about yeah. people not having Bruins hats on, right? And not seeing like Bruins jerseys, like and like not getting that kind of respect and hearing about, you know, the Bobby Orr days. Like we we kind of carried that chip on our shoulder where it was like a bit of a mission to like screw this. Like, all right, it's on us to like bring back this pride and and you're bang on, man. Like that I think that that played such a massive role for that for that uh, core group of players that was there for a number of years to build up that pride and, and, and that respect within the city. And, and we had to, right? Like we had no other choice. We wanted to fill that building up. But uh, Russo, were you rocking a Bruins hat back in 07? Don't tell a lie. I absolutely was. I, I was telling that story, Luch. You came to the Everett Rink when I was probably a, a freshman in high school. And it was like, you know, we sort of didn't know you yet but you were coming onto the scene. And I said, a couple years later, the line would have been out the door at the rink to see you. You you became an iconic figure so fast. And did you know that the fans were taken to you? Uh, yeah, I did. Uh, I think I think that was a big part of my success personally was because, you know, I, I had that relationship with the fans and the city and all that type of stuff. I fed off it, you know, like, you know, I, and, and, not only did I not want to let my team and my teammates down, you know, I didn't want to let the fans down as well. And, you know, just hearing the Lou chants, it was awesome. I say this to a lot of people. It doesn't matter, you know, if you're a Stanley Cup champion, you'll always be a champion. Being a Stanley Cup champion in Boston is probably, there's probably no better place to, to be a champion. And I think Farrah will agree with, uh, agree with that, that to be actually be, you know, a champion in the city of champions in that era is probably the coolest and greatest thing. And uh, I remember even talking to Sean Thornton about this was, you know, me and him, we got to do what we did in probably the best place that we probably could have done it, you know, being big and bad and, you know, having the identity of the big and bad Bruins. So, you know, it was, it was something I still think about all the time and something that still keeps me motivated. I saw a picture of uh, Fenway the other day with all – trophies lined up yeah right it was on that uh, nesson documentary and and uh, you know just seeing a picture like that you're actually like oh holy crap like we're part of something pretty big <laughs> that's pretty amazing yeah it makes you it makes you really kind of appreciate the, the the scope of just what was going on what we're a part of my original bruins gear is the old spoke there <laughs> don't worry goes way back before the change you, you, back like in starter jacket uh, days huh that's right that's right uh, that was probably that was probably your jacket i bought on ebay that's right. Yep. Sold right. sold from the Russo family collection. <laughs> nice. Speaking Love of the it. speaking of the jacket, I I think Luch, you were the first one to get it. Yeah. So that would have been uh, the New Jersey night, and uh, yeah, Fair Fair was the first one to get that jacket, and he presented it to me that night. So, I mean, that thing was awesome. I mean, you know, it's one of those funny, quirky little things that kind of brings the team together, and it gives. A little extra motivation that you want to you want to get that jacket and you want it presented to you uh by the end of the by the end of the game so it was pretty cool that i was the first one to get it we're really lucky that the jacket survived the first night because luch putting that on it could have like ripped every scene <laughs> oh, yeah. if i would have flexed it would have just broke all the scenes <laughs> <laughs> that was a risky move giving it to you first <laughs> yeah <laughs> well it was like a medium too wasn't it it was like uh, extra baby. medium <laughs> when you're when you're on eBay, you can't get picky, you know. In the, it in was, the retro, it was soups. It was the way soup likes it, nice and slim and trim and flip fit. No, that 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 jacket was was pretty amazing, and and I, I referred to it earlier as well. What what else is amazing is the fact that you knew exactly like 
which game you got it in, where it was. And I've referred to you as the Bob McKenzie of, of, of players. Bob McKenzie is <laughs> the, the Canadian hockey guy, right? And he, he's like, you know, the encyclopedia of hockey, you know, the, the guy is just kind of full of stats. But guaranteed, Luch would destroy him in, in hockey trivia night at, at the local pub. Um, that's something that <laughs> has always amazed me is like your, your ability to – you know, to, to know what goal got scared, scored when, by who, what the, what happened in the game, you know, even down to like your opponents, right? Like who shoots left, right? Where they played, who they played with. Um, like you really do legitimately have probably one of the, the most amazing hockey brains I've ever, I've ever encountered. It truly is something else. So like, I don't know if that's just your thing or whatever, but it's got to help you as well as a player, like just knowing exactly who you're playing against. And uh, like, has that just been always there? Yeah, it's it's always been there. I just wish it would have applied to my schoolwork when I was in school, but uh, it only it only applies to hockey. But you know what? It's it's not like it's not like I'm sitting and you know like researching all these things or you know spending hours behind a computer. It's crazy. Like like we talked about. You know, I'm about to play a thousand games. I don't even watch video. You know, like I don't even watch video of myself or anything. I just remember uh plays that happen i just remember you know certain situations of certain times um to be honest uh, you know i'm starting to forget certain things especially my i would say my first two or three years but you know uh, i i watched that uh nesson uh 10 year thing that they did and it was pretty funny you know i i, I didn't even i didn't even watch anything and i was explaining plays and then they were showing the play and you know i was explaining them exactly how they were i was just it's just something I've always been able, I guess, to remember and uh, just remember plays. And, it, and and it's not just my plays. I remember, you know, what other guys did at other other times. And, um, yeah, like I said, it's just something that's come natural to me. And I think it's something that's helped me along the way as well. Well, it's impressive, man. And and obviously something that I, I guess you'd never forget is our acquisition of Nathan Horton. Who I know has turned into <laughs> turned into one of your best buddies, and and uh, uh, I think he lives in the Bahamas now or something like that. But uh, <laughs> but I know that you keep in close contact with him. And uh, look, like obviously you guys became great friends, but you know the combination of of you guys out there on the ice together was incredible. I mean, w- w- do you remember like him coming to our team and like did you were you guys immediate friends like? Or did it take a while or what? I would, well, no, you know what? I remember the, the first time we met at uh, Wilmington there, he just smiled at me and I smiled back at him. He said, what's up? You know, he, he gave me the handshake with the little flick at the end, uh, <laughs> as you remember. Uh, but you, you remember him. He was he, His infectious smile. Um, you know, you, you talked about, like, me being happy to be there. I think that's one thing that gets underestimated about that team and not talked about enough as well was when we got him remember like he was happy to be there he was happy coming to the rink and you know i remember us i remember remember hearing stories about him in florida you know you know not always you know being happy to be at the rink all the time but i would say you know when he was there um you know he he was really happy and and you know me him and johnny uh you know we i think we we ate for those three years together, I think we ate dinner together every single night that we could. And I got to say, you know, without that acquisition with him and Soup coming up from Florida, 
you know, I, I think that was one of, if not the biggest X factor of us, you know, making that next step because 2009, you know, we get to game seven of, of the second round, you know, we're one goal away. And uh, in 2010, obviously what happened, what happened against Philly, but, you know, again, we're, we're one game away of moving on to the conference finals. And then, you know, he ends up being, you know, that X factor for us that we needed. And, and a lot of people, I, I think a lot of people forget how good he was. I mean, naturally, like fair, you, you, I know, you know, naturally he might've been one of the best players I think that I've ever played with. He might've been naturally the best player on that team in 2010 and 11 and his skating ability, his passing abilities, his finish, the way he could shoot the puck. And then, you know, he was fighting and, and hitting guys. And, you know, we were, we were just like this straight line um, first line that just came at you, whether it was you dump it in my corner, I was hitting you, you dump it in Hordy's corner, he was hitting you. And then you had Kretsch who was just finding everyone on the ice that he's, you know, he's still continuing to do it. Uh, so yeah, it was just, you know, it was, it, it, it was an awesome line. He was an awesome guy to play with, you know, he's still one of my best friends and, you know, I'm probably the only guy that's probably still talks to him as much as I do, but, uh, you know, it was, uh, like I said, the first time we met, we just clicked right off the bat and, and, uh, yeah, it was, it was something special that we created that year, uh, together for sure. I felt I felt bad for any opposing D-man because, like I said, you get credit for that, obviously, of just like crushing guys, but but him as well. Like he he was jacked. Like for people that haven't yeah. seen him, like he was huge. Like remember, Yogs called him big arms. Remember, Yogs called him big arms because his arms yeah. were so jacked. He was huge. Like yeah. and and when he got mean, he was mean. Like he, he was oh, he was yeah. coming at you, and and he held a grudge. Like he's like an elephant with a, a good memory as far. as <laughs> Somebody could have done something to him five years ago and he would have just like, you know, just been all over him the next game, right? Like five years later, just waiting for his time for revenge or whatnot. So, um, yeah, no, I mean, it, I, I could picture you guys running around and, and just loving every minute of it. So it, it was great. Part of the research I, I did for this episode was reading uh, Full 60 to History. And there's a story in there about you three playing Scrabble on the plane. Is, is that a thing? Was that a serious uh, thing with you guys during that year? Oh yeah, it wouldn't have been serious because I, w- I would have won every game by like four hundred <laughs> points probably. We probably played a hundred times. Fair probably one ninety five of them. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, me, hey, but me and Fair, me and Fair did sit on the plane together when we were teammates. And Fair will tell you, I never, I didn't have anything. I never brought. I didn't have an iPad. I didn't have a laptop. So Fair was like, Fair was also kind of like the tech geek too. So he would always have like the stuff before anyone else got it. So he had the iPad, first guy to have the iPad with the Scrabble on it, and yeah, we would play all the time. And yeah, I'll give fair credit. He won most of the time. <laughs> we had to pass it around. We didn't we weren't uh, quite at the level of having our own iPads and being able to play. Yeah. It's like literally <laughs> passing it along. That was but, still Blackberry days. Remember, we were still we were still Blackberries back then. Yeah, man. I guess it was a good old days. Uh, ten, that, that's ten what makes it feel ago. like more than ten years ago. Yeah. Yeah. But uh, but we uh, yeah we enjoyed our South Park. We enjoyed our Scrabble, and I heard every Luch story eighteen times. <laughs> so, <laughs> I love it. <laughs> it's so good. Fair like to take pictures of me when I was sleeping too. We all know that. Oh boy. Well, probably my introduction to Instagram, I think it was Instagram, maybe it was Twitter back then anyways, but it was it was early social media days. And uh, for anybody that hasn't seen it, I know we have such great researchers for this podcast. Um, and since you brought it up, Luch, 
this will probably be like one of those clips <laughs> that they show, but literally, what's the guy's name from, from Goonies? Do you, I don't even know. I don't his know. Name. The, the Goonies yeah, guy. Yeah, the, the funny looking guy. Yeah, the you legitimate. Guy. You legitimately looked like him though. Like you, you had the mouth open sleep going and, and <laughs> I'm sorry, man, but it, I love you, but you, you kind of had a, Hey, you know what? I'm always in for a good time, right? You know I'm always in for a good time. I don't take nothing personally. Luch, you mentioned uh, the Philly series a little bit earlier. Uh, You had a couple goals in the clinching game. Just how much of a relief was that game and knowing that you guys had overcome what happened the year before and how much did that sort of propel you for those next couple of series? We were happy that they beat Buffalo in the series before because – we we wanted them that year you know we wanted the redemption we wanted to get over what happened in 2010 so um not just game four but you know going into philly game one we were ready you know like we what do we beat him seven three that game and then timmy had his 46 save game in game two and we win that one in overtime and you know, when we came home, we were like, "All right, we we're gonna we're gonna stick it to these guys, and we're gonna give it to them, give it to them." You know, uh, because of what happened last year, and and what did we do? we scored twenty goals in that series in four games. So, you know, and and what you know what? Out of all the goals that I scored, my favorite goal call when I scored the breakaway there five hole was when uh, Jacko's. Summertime is coming to Philadelphia. That's, you know, that just sums it all up of how we were all feeling and what, you know, you know, what we just did and, and, you know, kind of overcoming that 2010 uh, loss to them. So, yeah, it was nice to, that, you know, we gave them the summertime, like, uh, like Jack called it. And after I scored my 30th goal, I think I went 20 games without a goal. So it was nice to chip in in that series clincher and, score two goals that game it was but most importantly it was just nice to beat him and be uh the first Bruins team to move on to the conference finals since uh since 92 so it was it was awesome now we're lined up we, we beat Philly we go into Tampa that is my favorite series like <laughs> I think I've ever played as far as like just good hard hockey super close you know game seven was incredible um you know we've we've talked about that game I know a lot it was probably my favorite hockey game I ever played but for you particularly, I think the most important series to talk about is the finals and not just because it's the finals and the Stanley Cup, but like, what were you thinking? Like, okay, now I'm going back to my hometown, you know, it recently just won a Memorial Cup there, you know, for, for the junior team. But like, you live there, man, like you're a Vancouver guy. And, and, and so now you see that that's going to be our opponent in the finals. Like what's going through your head? Like the rest of us are all just, you know, pumped to be in the finals. But, you know, for you, that's like a little, uh. A little extra on top. Yeah, it was it, it, it was one of those things where you're like thinking to yourself, it's like, wow, this is really like meant to be, you know, like like on a selfish standpoint, like really, like this is how it's gonna go down, you know, like in my hometown, you know, the team that I grew up loving and cheering for. I mean, I remember I remember when we had Alex All my rookie year, I would talk to him and ask him all the time, oh yeah, what was this Canucks guy like? He's such a fan. Here we are, you know. <laughs> So, you know, here we are now playing in the finals. And, and you know what, like what actually kind of pissed me off before that was we were doing our media day and all the media people that were, you know, you, you well, kind of were, were friendly with me up until that point. were like, Oh, I, 
I feel so bad for you. You know, I feel bad for you, you know, that you're, that you're playing these guys, you know, like, Oh, you know, this is going to be a quick one for you guys. Day, eh? Like, you know, they were, I remember we had all the clippings up on the wall about, you know, this isn't even, this isn't like, they should just hand the Canucks a cup right now. It, it, it was really cool that, you know, I got to do to my hometown. Uh, it was obviously nice for my, for my family and friends because, you know, they didn't have to fly anywhere to go watch a game. Uh, but I think I, I think I spent like 20 grand on tickets in those uh, four games that we played in Vancouver. Um, I think the whole Serbian uh, cultural center was, was, was showing up for games. <laughs> yeah. had a whole, yeah. whole, whole section up there. Yeah. But you know, hey, it's really funny too, because like, I remember my uncle and, and his uncle, my grandma's brother, they were at game two and people were like throwing like beers at them because they were wearing my jersey and then throwing popcorn at them. And like, so, you know, there, there are some nasty things that were going on in the stands. Uh, but you know what? At the end of the day, it was pretty cool. And, you know, I, I said this before and I'll say it again. All the fans that were there, they stayed around when it was my turn to raise the cup and they gave me a loud cheer. So, you know, I, I'll give them always credit for that. And I, I'll love them for that. But at the end of the day, like, like you said, Vancouver kid getting to do that in his hometown, you know, there's, there's nothing better. I mean, I got drafted in Vancouver, won a Memorial Cup in Vancouver, and I now, and you know, and then all of a sudden you win a Stanley Cup in Vancouver. It's, it just feels like it was all meant to be. Yeah, it was pretty amazing, actually. I think you and Timmy were the only ones to get real cheers. And that was, you know, it's, <laughs> yeah. it's, it was actually classy. That, that was pretty cool. And um, you legitimately can see, you know, when you take the cup and go for your skate, you can see. You know, obviously, it's you're lifting the cup, but you could tell, like, yeah. you could tell that it actually meant uh, meant meant a lot to you to hear those cheers, and you know, you just you really lit up. It was it was very obvious to to to, to even the casual observer. So that was a special moment. We we turned in we turned out to be a pretty uh, feisty little sacrificial lamb, though, didn't we? <laughs> you know what? Like, I look back at it now. Uh, you know, I, I turned 23 in the middle of that series, and you know, when it's your fourth year, I guess you don't really appreciate it, but I still remember, like, looking back when, when Big Z raised it, when, like, Timmy raised it. And, like, I still remember when you raised it. And I remember, because I was such a fan of your guys' team in 04 with Calgary. And you guys went one win away in 04. And then to see you lose and then see you raise it, like, for me, seeing you do that was like, wow, like, you know, this really is as cool as, as it is. And it's, you know, it just made it that much extra special, you know? And I know you felt that way too. I could see it in you. No, man, it, it's so true. Like that's the funny thing, right? Like it, it's, it's, it's one of the most unselfish, you know, moments of my career is when everybody gets to take their cup and like, I didn't want to miss a moment. And you know uh, what? Like, and, and it, it sounds goofy. Like obviously when it's your team, it, it means so much more, but like, I hate like even when other teams win it and like the camera cuts away, like during guys like, you know, taking the cup around and they cut away to an interview. I'm like, no, I want to see, I want to see that moment. Yeah, like, exactly. Like I, 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 even for guys I don't really like, <laughs> actually, I'm like, yeah. I, yeah. I'm still like, I'm still like, oh my man, it's getting dusty in here. I see some other, somebody else like kind of going through that. Right. Because you get it. Yeah. You, you play long enough and you play with enough people and, and you know, uh, you know what that feeling's like. And, and uh, yeah, it's pretty special to watch other people have that experience too. Definitely. And, you know what? I, I didn't have my kids when we won it 10 years ago, you know, and that's one of the things that I would love to do more than anything is win again. So I can share that moment 
with my children because I didn't get that opportunity, you know, 10 years ago. The genetics of that team, I mean, what did Rex played, what, 1,700 games? Is Luch, yeah. Luch is, uh, sorry, uh, Z is up there, right? And then mm-hmm. like, yeah. we have a whole bunch of like 1,000 plus, plus gamers. So, you know, if, if that's, uh, you've, you've got good good lineage there. So mm-hmm. you've got another seven 800 games uh, to do it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah. Oh yeah, I love that. I would. I, I I'll play as long as I until they kick me out. You know, you have to. That, that that was that was Rex's best advice. Play until they kick you out. And you know what, fair. You know what pisses me off too nowadays is when I see, you know, like Instagram wasn't a thing ten years ago. That's how old, I guess we've become. Is now like all these guys have memories from like Instagram and all that type of stuff, but we didn't have anyone filming us with their with their iPhone, you know, on uh, on the ice, which. You know, wish you could see some of those videos back then, but you know, it's all up here, right? So you know, it's that's the, way it that's is, the man. most important thing. The guys, yeah. the guys that win it now will be complaining that they didn't have like a hologram thing that they can replay. So <laughs> <laughs> yeah, everybody's gonna have their complaints. I remember when we were doing the watch with the Bruin last spring, Luch, and and we were talking, and you were enjoying just you know us putting those photos and those highlights on Instagram, like you mentioned, and you know nine years later at the time and and just being able to see it and and wishing that that there had been that during the run itself yeah for sure it was it was it was awesome to see those pics again you know reminiscing and seeing all the smiles and cheers and all that type of stuff and i definitely hit the save button on all those awesome uh you mentioned the motivation of the doubters uh heading into that series but how much motivation did you guys grab from the opposition and i'm talking about the things that happened in game one and then that, that carried over obviously uh into game three uh and you going at burrows and the whole thing how much did the opposition you know sort of to, to take another jack edwards line don't poke the bear how much did did they sort of poke you guys and how much did that uh sort of propel you for the rest of the series you know what i i honestly i think if the canucks didn't poke the bear they might they probably would have won that series but they came at us the way that they did biting us and um you know i remember lapierre going after z uh and scrumming it up every like i remember that first period of game one you know we were we were we were we were just trying to play and all of a sudden they were the ones that were coming at us starting every scrum punching us uh like i said uh burrows biting uh, Bergy, and then I remember that Lapierre uh, going after Z and taking him down in a in a scrum, and then and then Hammy was hip checking me, you know, uh, when the puck was out of play and all that type of stuff, and um, and yeah. So if you ask me, I think their chances of beating us would have been way greater if they didn't poke the bear. But then you know they came at us the way that they did, and they definitely woke us up and. Um, you know, after the Horty hit, you know, we, we, we took that series over and you weren't just waking up a bear. You were waking up the grizzly bear when, uh, when you woke that 2010, 11 team up. And it was funny because like, I think it's not something that we, we needed, but it would definitely helped us. Right. Like it was like a bit of an X factor for us when there was that extra spice in the game. And I, I think for me, one of the best memories is, you know, you see this crazy stuff on the ice and whether it was during the finals or, or you go back to some of our games against Dallas or, you know, Montreal or, or whatever. The thing that the people don't see 
is in the locker room, whether it's between periods or like after we get kicked out or something like that, <laughs> is like that group of guys would like just be <laughs> laughing our asses off, like just laughing. Like it was so funny that we just had a line brawl or something and we'd all be like replaying it. Like it was just the, the funnest, <laughs> like most like, I don't know, just like crazy adventure, right? And so that team was filled with a bunch of guys that couldn't wait to be like, the one to just like throw the stick of dynamite into the, into the yeah. game <laughs> and just wear it like a badge of honor. Like, yeah, I started that. <laughs> and so hey, yeah, a lot of the times there, that was I you. Remember, hey, remember, remember that Atlanta game when I got hit high and then you, we started the line brawl after that. And I remember going up to you and you're getting switched stitches in because you were leaking everywhere. You're like, Oh, that was awesome. Uh, <laughs> you know, just like, you know, but that's what we were. we were. It was so we fun. We were just like, I, I remember even talking to Peter. Me and Peter Shirelli were talking one time about it in Edmonton when we were together. And I was like, you know what? Like, you you put together a bunch of almost like street thugs on on one team, but we all figured out how to get along and and make it all work. It was it was. I think that's why like that group. If I could turn back time and go back to it, I would because I loved that group so much, and it was because of that. Like. Okay, who's next that's going to throw the stick dynamite into the fire, right? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, so yeah, to, to your point, you fast forward to that final and, and like that added like, oh, okay, you want to play that way? Like, I was just oh, yeah. like, yeah, all right, like, let's do it. And like everybody's yeah. on board, you know, like that's the thing is I think, I think that's probably the difference is like with that team, whether it was our top scorer or like the guy that played two minutes, like everybody was on board for that type of game and lining up to just like be a part of it. And I think that was probably the difference between between us and the Canucks, in my opinion, is they had some guys that wanted to play that way. And I think some guys that understood, like, no, no, like, let's keep it quiet. <laughs> like, let's not yeah. uh, let's not play into their hands here. So, yeah, it was it was definitely a, a all hands on deck for us with the with the craziness. All right. Our favorite segment fair rapid fire questions. I don't want to wrap up anything with Luch. I just I want to keep talking. <laughs> we could go on all night here. No, I could go on all day, too, but I got to go get the girls to school. So maybe we need to do the rapid fire here. All right. We'll be we'll be we'll be extra rapid here today. Uh I'll kick it off. We've been asking everyone this one. The night at Foxwoods, there were a lot of Bud Lights on that that famous bill that everyone knows. Who was drinking all of those Bud Lights? Well, I drank a lot of them. I know that much. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, I would say, you know who was probably the first star and didn't even get his name on the cup? And I know Fair knows who this is. Was Matt Barkowski? <laughs> I, I know that Lucha's a hidden talent, and I've never seen anybody do it quite quite so so well. He can. Uh, it's usually a Corona though, and they're not a sponsor, so you know maybe we'll have to like dub in mm. Bud Light over this. Yeah. But Luch can pick up a Corona, no hands, and and chug it in like <laughs> half a second. It's incredible. Uh, one of my many talents. So if there's any Coronas on the bill, I know exactly where they went. We'll have to we'll have to go back and look at it. All right, Luch. Um, go to spot, Boston. Where do you? Where's the go to to get away from it all? 2011. You needed a break. Where were you heading? Well, I went to the spot that you introduced me to all the time, Monica's. So that's where I would always go hang out and just chill out and kind of get away from it all. And I, and I know that your hair your hair is not looking so good right now. You need a haircut. So is mine. And that's because we're not yeah. we're, we're not close to Dello in the North End. No, we got to go, go see Dello at the Boston Barber. Yeah, Luch, Luch, uh, Luch was a North End all-star. Remember, we were just regulars. Like people were like, oh, hey, Fair, how you doing? Oh, hey, Luch, how you doing? Oh, yeah, great. No, it was best, man. All right, and final final one before we let you go. Uh, 
give us your favorite 2011 goal, whether it's yours or someone else's. What is your favorite goal from the run? Uh, I think I said it already uh, because of the way it was announced. Summertime is coming to Philadelphia. Uh, that one. And I got to say, probably uh, the 2 nothing goal I scored uh, in game six of the finals versus the Canucks. Uh, you know what? We were down, obviously. And I don't know if Ferris told you this, but he wrote it up on our whiteboard. No one raises the cup in our rink. So I remember us being like, yeah, you know, he's got a good point there. That first 10 minutes was the greatest, funnest 10 minutes I think I've ever played because Marcy scored, I scored, Fair scored, and then they changed the goalie and then Ride scored. And it was just like, it was almost like a relief too. It was like, okay, we're going to game seven here. Love it. Final, uh, final bonus question. And this is specific just to our conversation, but what's the best South Park episode of all time? <laughs> we both know it. Is this America? This is America. This is America. I, I thought this was America. <laughs> <laughs> Rest me for what? <laughs> you know it. Yeah. Good answer. Good answer. Well, it's always good to catch up with you, Putty. Um, go get those kids from school. Uh, congrats on thousand coming up. I'm so proud of you. That's uh, it's really, really amazing. I'll be uh, uh, cheering, obviously, uh, from a, from a very special place. <laughs> All right, great to see you guys. Love you, fair. Thanks, Luch. We'll be back to wrap up. Cue the memories presented by Bud Light right after this. Cue the memories brought to you by Bud Light. Score exclusive merch and more at BudLightLegends.com. All right, Fair, you mentioned uh, the, the great researchers here on Cue the Memories have found that there was uh, the one Corona on the Foxwoods bill for $6. So maybe it was a six, $6 for literally 0.5 seconds of, of drinking. I, it got, it's actually pretty amazing. You know what? He, he is a fun man to go out with uh, when, the, when the time is right to, uh, to, to celebrate a good win or <laughs> a good road trip. Uh, we've had some really good times together. Uh, but man, to, to see, I don't know, to see somebody from the very start of their career, like I said, meeting him as a kid that's just wide-eyed and so happy to, to be there, you know, to go through a magical season and win a cup with, with somebody like that and see him do it in his hometown. And then, yeah, I mean, fast forward to, you know, like this is a, a guy that I consider a kid. You know, you look back and now he's playing a thousand games. He's got, he's got his kids. Great. I see him, you know, they're all growing up and getting older. Like, I, I don't know. I just feel like this is this is one of those people that you've known you know, for the greater part of your life and, and, and really seeing him grow up and, and become who he is. And, and I'm just so genuinely happy, you know, uh, to, to see, you know, he's got a great family, great life, you know, amazing career. And, and, uh, he's maintained his just awesome personality. He's just a good dude. And, and that's, uh, I don't know. I, I know that's not, uh, not much of a rap, but for me, like I'm just, uh, genuinely happy to, to see the guy have such success. Well, that was one of the things that stood out to me from, from that chat just now was when he was talking about seeing you raise the cup and you talking about him raise the cup and just the genuine happiness that you guys all felt for each other in that moment. Like that says it all about that team, right? Just, just that absolute genuine feeling for each other you spend so much time right like you forget it when you're part of a sports team you know you're playing in the nhl you don't get many days off you know and then it's just you know the number of Mm -hmm. hours sitting on a plane you know the number of hours you know in a hotel room Mm -hmm. you know going out for meals and just in the locker room at practice like you're just you're around these people way more time than you are with your own family 
right? So you, you really do learn a lot about each other and, and, uh, and, you know, you play long enough and go through enough ups and downs. Like, yeah, it's, it's, it is like seeing your, your brother, you know, live out his, his dream and raise the cup and whatnot. Like it's the same thing. Like you really, you really do become, uh, become a family and uh, guys will look at each other when you're going through that, that moment and, and something special like that. And you've accomplished all something together and literally just as special to watch, you know, you know, them lifted it as it is to feel it yourself. Awesome stuff. A special group indeed. All right. That's it. Another episode. Thanks, Fair. We'll see you next time. Boom.